Hey, uh, I don't know whether you've ever had a, a fear of missing out. I don't know whether you've ever looked at something that someone else has. Maybe you've liked their shirt and thought, where can I get a shirt like that? <laughs> and uh, actually, I have several, but they're all exactly the same, but that's okay. Uh, or or you've, you know, you've looked at uh, um, real estate. You thought, wow, oh, I could never live there. You know, lifestyles of the rich and famous. You thought, oh, I could never have what they had. I, I, well, I'll never get there in my life. That, that's never going to happen to me. Um, when I was a kid, I, I was the youngest of five. I have uh, four siblings, and they're all much older than I am. And so when you're the youngest, I think the fear of missing out is kind of escalated. Um, because you see your, your older siblings sort of getting on with life and, and progressing and, and doing well. And particularly when one of them constantly tells you that you're never going to make it and you're never going to be as, as good as they are, you, you, you start to believe and you start to think to yourself, well, what if I don't? What if it doesn't work for me? What if life doesn't go the way I had hoped or expected it to be? Of course, in this day and age, there's such a thing called FOMO. Who's heard of FOMO? Anyone heard of FOMO? Fear of missing out. It's actually... Uh, been characterized now in, in, a, in a word. But um, I'm going to share with you some thoughts this morning that will blow the concept out of the water. As a matter of fact, matter of fact, if you lean in and listen to what we have to share here this morning, not only will I suggest that you'll never fear missing out again, I will suggest that courage and love and peace will flood your soul, will fill your heart, uh, in like no other way possible. In the world today, you've got uh, two groups of people. You've got a group of people who say that we are just flesh and blood, three-dimensional uh, beings, that, that we're born, uh, we die, and then there's nothing, right? That we are mutated slime and we've developed and so forth, and that, that all you see is all there is. There is nothing more than our bodies. We are just our bodies. One of the great um, atheists who was dying of cancer, um, the doctor, this is powerful, the doctor said to him, he said, your body is not responding to the treatment. Your body continues to deteriorate. He finally said to his doctor, stop referring to my body as if it's something I have. I am a body and that's all there is. And I thought, a profound insight, uh, a sad insight, but a profound insight if that's what you believe. And then, of course, you, you've got the other school of thought who think that we are nothing, uh, the body is nothing, that the, the, uh, the physical doesn't really equate uh, to a hill of beans, really, that we are spiritual beings, that we are spiritual beings inside of these physical bodies. These physical bodies will waste away, these physical bodies mean very little. Uh, this three-dimensional world is here for a moment, then gone. And uh, really, we are just, it's a spiritual reality. But Christians, particularly in the first century, and I'm actually thinking that Christianity today has lost, it, has lost this reality a little bit. But Christians in the first century understood the reality of the two resurrections. There are two resurrections, if you will. The resurrection in the future of the body viewed for the resurrection of the now of the spirit. The one in the future is paradigm busting. When you understand that the resurrection of the body is a reality, it's not just a doctrine, but something that you and I are going to experience 
it literally blows up most of the way in which we view the world and our heart and our emotions respond to the world around about us. The spiritual resurrection and the physical resurrection are both important for a life of peace, never worrying about missing out, but also of love and of courage. So if you've ever lacked courage, you're in the right place. If you've ever thought that love was fleeting, well, I'm so glad you're here this morning. And if you've ever lacked peace, peace born of a fear that somehow there's something out there that you should experience or that you should um, acquire, but you may not, then you've come to a place this morning where you're going to get some news that will leave you never being the same again. We're about to drop in on a, uh, a story from the life of Jesus, and uh, it's an intriguing story. It's an entertaining story. It's a story, and I'll give, you the, uh, I'll, I'll give you the facts up front. It's a story where we see him move through a solid wall. So Jesus passes through a solid wall and then <laughs> sits down and eats a feed of fish and chips, right? <laughs> So go figure that, right? <laughs> he passes through a wall like a ghost, but then sits down and has a feed of fish and chips like a Malcolm. All right, so let's, uh, let's have a look and let's drop in on the story. And oh, I like my fish and chips too. And let's, uh, let's see how this unfolds. It says in Luke 24 and verse 36, it says, While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood amongst them and said, Peace be with you. That's powerful. Jesus stood amongst them, didn't float amongst them, and said, as a result of me standing here, you can experience peace. They were startled. They had anything but peace, right? They were, they were filled with fright, thinking, we've seen a ghost. Now, nobody has peace in their heart when they think they've seen a ghost or some paranormal experience happens. If you've ever been in your bed at night and all of a sudden something was tapping on the window or all of a sudden, you know, the curtains took on the form of, of, of the boogeyman or something. I mean, th there is this ghost figure. This, is, this guy's supposed to be dead. Why are you troubled? <laughs> well, why wouldn't we be? <laughs> and why do, you doubt, why do doubts rise in your mind? Then he says something incredibly profound. Whenever you're troubled, whenever you're fearful, lean into this. He says, look at my hands and look at my feet. You know what we take away from that? Whenever you're fearful, don't think so much about what Jesus says. Look to what he's done. Did you see that? Whenever you feel fear rising in your heart, put your mind and your heart into what Jesus has done. He says, look at my hands and look at my feet. It is I myself. Then he says, touch me and see. The ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Now, John, the, um, the disciple, gives the same account of a similar circumstance in his uh, gospel but in his gospel he shows that the door was locked and why wouldn't it be locked because these guys were cowering in fear not just from seeing a ghost but from what they thought the Roman um, army might do to them they feared being dragged off and crucified 
as their leader had just been uh, uh, only few only days earlier. So we see Jesus pass through a wall, and yet he has flesh and bones. A little bit earlier, just before this happened, an account we read on the road to Emmaus, where he disappears like that, just after he shares communion. Curious. Now he appears through a solid wall. They weren't sure. Uh, what, 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 is that him? What, what, what do we do? In his, re- in his response, he offers his hands. He offers to show what he has done. And then he says this to them in verse 41. <laughs> do you have anything to eat? Now, when I was a kid, I was told, you might have been told this too, particularly those of us over 50 in the room, don't stare at someone while they're eating, right? I can guarantee you nobody followed that etiquette that day, <laughs> right? I mean, a ghost just passes through a wall, asks for a feed of fish and chips. Aren't you watching him eat? Do you know what I'm saying? Do we, do we see this food go down into his belly? I mean, how does this actually work? I mean, this is a little bit bizarre, don't you think? This is something that's never been experienced before in the history of the human race. <laughs> Here we have this dead man, not just walking, but a dead man eating. Like, what's with that? Surely to goodness, he doesn't require nourishment. Surely to goodness, he doesn't require food now. I guarantee you, they were watching with their eyes as big as saucers as Jesus eats. And he says to them in verse 44, he said, this is what I told you. While I was still with you, everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And again, there's some incredible insight in there. Some of the insight we drag out of that little passage there is this. You know, in the next life, we're going to be able to to, uh, have shared experiences from this life. Jesus is in the next life now, and he's talking to them about things that they shared while he was still in this life. So shared experiences is something that you and I will have for all eternity, right? Um, your pastors and, and myself and my wife, we had an incredible blessing earlier this year when we went to Israel together, uh, along with a whole bunch of other pastors. And it was, it was one of the most incredible holidays I have ever been on, um, or learning experiences, just times away. And, and the thing is, you know, in glory, we'll be able to still talk about that, James and Michelle. That you'll still be able to remember things that you did in this life for all eternity. Because he says, as I said to you, remember before I died, we had this experience together. See, some people wonder what the next life is going to be like. Well, clearly, there are fragments of this, of life, our experiences that are uh, relevant in or uh, we are still conscious of in the next. So some people say that Jesus didn't bodily rise from the dead, you know, that he was just some kind of spirit and people saw his spirit. But spirits don't eat, not to my knowledge anyhow. <laughs> um, and yet we see him eating, we see him passing through walls, we see him, his stomach requiring to be filled. The Apostle Paul writes about this kind of ex- uh, experience in 1 Corinthians 15, 42, where he says this, So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown perishable, it will be raised imperishable. He's talking about the second resurrection. The first resurrection is the resurrection of the soul, right? When you die, your soul lives on. But he's t- telling us here about the second resurrection. 
the resurrection of the body. The body is sown imperishable. It will be raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It will be raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It will be raised in power. <laughs> this is not just some physical container that doesn't matter. My body will be as eternal as my spirit. Now you think, well, big deal, right? Who cares? Some of you may be even saying, oh, really? Oh, no. <laughs> is that the truth? This is not just a philosophy to embrace. This is not just a doctrine. This has enormous implications on your day-to-day emotional health. And I'll tell you why. I'll explain it to you. Because this glorious body that you will receive, this this, it, it, will we recognize one another? Uh, they kind of recognized him, but they weren't sure because he had a resurrected body. So there seems as if there were some similarities, but you could miss it if you didn't, if you didn't watch closely, if you weren't focused because it, there was something more than there was. So when I say that, you know, your body will be resurrected from the dead, don't be discouraged, but... Uh, <laughs> I understand that what you have now is just a, 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 a small a sample of what it's going to be. And, and I'll explain this as we move along. The reason I say that this should bring incredible peace to your heart is this. Today, people are incredibly fearful of missing out on experiences. Um, missing out on getting married, right? Missing out perhaps on, uh, on a trip or, or a relationship emotional, material, relational, even sexual. Uh, I don't want to miss out on anything. I, I want to have everything. I, I want to experience the lot. I, I hear so much said about stuff, and I don't want to be the one that doesn't experience what that would be like. I mean, today, um, statistics tell us that the beauty industry in Australia has just gone through the roof. Billions, I mean billions, literally billions of dollars are spent trying to hang on to our youth, right? <laughs> trying to keep us looking as young and as fresh as we could possibly be because you know and I know that the beauty of youth is fading. And no matter how much of it you get back, no matter how much money you spend to get something propped back up or put it back in its place or whatever, no matter how much you spend, you know that in the end it's going to, you know, Age and, and, uh, and gravity is going to take its, its toll upon you. Joni Erickson, who was a Christian author and a speaker, and through a, a, a set of uh, unfortunate circumstances, became a quadriplegic. But this is something that Joni Erickson said. She said, I'm going to dance again. And she will. She, now, she might never have her body healed in this lifetime. But she's going to dance again. The Bible said a moment ago, and I read it, that Jesus stood amongst them. He didn't float amongst them. He stood. He, his feet were functioning. His legs were in place. His body was there. This woman said, I will dance again. And you need to know that you might be here today. You might think, well, you know, I, I, want, I don't want to miss out on getting married. Um, or, or maybe you're here and you're married and you think, Man, I got such a horrible marriage. I'm going to miss out on a good marriage. Or, or, or maybe we're here today and think, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to miss out on owning a house. Or I'm going to miss out on 
on you know, ever experiencing a new car or ever having some moment that I thought would bring me joy and peace or happiness. I'm never going to experience that. I'm never going to enter into that. C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite authors, has this incredible insight. He says this. He says, we have five senses in this life. You, you understand that? Taste, touch, and so forth. Five senses in this life. He says, in the afterlife, maybe we have a hundred, maybe we have a thousand. His contention is this. His contention is, we are like vegetables now compared to what we will, we, we will be like then. <laughs> you are like a vegetable now, fearing that you're going to miss out on some experience compared to what you're going to be like then? Come on. I, I, I mean, I mean, uh, could you imagine, have you ever, uh, imagine being born deaf and, and you've listened to some incredible piece of music, some uh, orchestral masterpiece or, 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 or some band that's just moved you emotionally. Could you imagine having to communicate that to somebody by writing it down? <laughs> Let me tell you what that music was like. I don't know whatever your favorite music is, but could you imagine rather than giving that to someone to listen to, having to communicate that to somebody by writing it down? I mean, it would be so pitiful in comparison, right? So what Lewis is saying is that's this experience compared to that experience. And you're fearing you might miss out on reading a sentence when you are going to hear uh, an orchestra play beyond your wildest dreams. The whole fear of missing out is so temporal. When we lift our gaze and understand that we are eternal beings. You see, you don't have to worry about what you don't get in this life. Because in the next life, what this life has to offer will, pave, will fade and pale into insignificance. You don't have to fear. You can live at peace because you're going to miss out on nothing. <laughs> In fact, when you think about what this life has got to offer you, it doesn't compare to what the next life has got to offer you. So if you ever get jealous, if you ever get you know, anxious, if you ever get a sense of, oh, what about me? What about me? You never have to experience that again. And talk about love. Let's just talk about love here for a moment too, shall we? Because, um, you know, there are people who think that, you know, love is something that I, I've given up on or love is something that may never, uh, I, I may never experience in this life. Jesus said, I go to prepare a house for you. Uh, and in my father's house there are many mansions and he's going to come and take us one day. And in the, in the next life, um, we're actually going home, and, and home is a place where you can hug. You just haven't got to, you just haven't got to hit someone on the elbow. <laughs> you can you can you can hug without fear of the global pandemic of rejection, which I want to suggest is far more diabolical than any other global pandemic that you, that you might read about today. But you don't have to fear that. Uh, not where not where we are headed. Uh, imagine that you babysat. A five-year-old girl, and uh, you haven't seen her. You, you know, you, you did it for a friend or a neighbor or something, and they or you moved away. And 20 years later, you're walking down the street, and this beautiful young woman comes running up to you and says, Hi, how are you? You go, I'm really good. How are you? 
you're very friendly, and, uh, and, and you kind of recognize it, but you don't. And then she starts talking to you and says, oh, I'm so-and-so's daughter, blah, blah, blah. You go, oh, man, that's right. I used to babysit you when you were five. Oh, my goodness, you've grown. <laughs> because, you see, the adult is just the child unfolded. It's, 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 it's the child now in, in full bloom. And you think to yourself, my gosh, look what you've become. And folks, what you are right now is your eternal being unfolded in terms of what you are going to become. H- have you ever seen, have you ever um, had a moment where your spouse or your friend or, or somebody just said something that was, has like dazzling brilliance and you went, oh, she's right. <laughs> Or oh, that's amazing. Yeah, or, or you've seen some masterful command and it's led you to a, a conclusion about that person. You go, wow, that was impressive. What you just saw, maybe you've noticed it in yourself. Maybe you've been in a situation and you had an insight. You thought, wow, that was impressive. Where did that come from? That flash of brilliance, right? That was just a foretaste of what one day you and the people around you are going to be. If I can quote my good friend C.S. Lewis once again, let me tell you what he says about this. He says, the most dull person you may meet today. Now, I don't know who that person is. I don't know if they're here. We might like to point them out. No, Uh, the most dull person you might meet today will one day be to the extent that if you met them If you met them now of what they will be then, you may be inclined to worship them. (laughs) That's what it's going to be like. See, you know that person who gets on your nerves? You know the person who is annoying and hard to be around? One day they're going to be such an impressive human being that if you were to meet what they're going to be like then, now, you couldn't get enough of them. You couldn't get close enough to them. You couldn't hang around them enough. They'd just be so impressive. They'd be so incredible. See, let me tell you something about people, right? There's no such thing as ordinary people. There are ordinary cities. Gladstone's a great city, but guess what? One day, Gladstone will be no more. Civilizations, societies, they rise and they fall, even This very world itself is on a ticking clock. But people, people live forever. See, this three school year and 10 that we get here, this 70 years or 80 years or whatever it might happen to be, 90 years, whatever we get in this life compared to eternity. You see, you are but a fraction of what your unfolded self is one day going to be. And no matter how much your capacity to love and be loved is now, you have no idea what it's going to be like on that day. When you see people as they really are, when you see the the, the seeds of greatness that God has placed in us all, that never cease, they never end. It's not like this world that will end. It's not like this city that will end. It's not like this nation that will end. The people around you will never end. 
and the seeds of greatness will only grow as they are fertilized by the presence of Jesus. There's no need to be afraid. There's no need to wonder about will you miss out. There's no need to to concern yourself of the lack of love in your life because one day you're going to be hanging around people that you can't get enough of and they will not be able to get enough of you. Such will be the glory and the perfection of each and every one of us and who we are. And I said a moment ago, talking about courage, um, you know, nobody, um, nobody, I think, has a casual response to a ghost. Jesus turned up there and, and uh, you know, they all feared. He said, don't, don't fear. You, you don't need to fear. What, 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 was he, what was he saying there? It wasn't just a matter of, you know, don't be scared of ghosts. What he was saying is this. You don't have to fear death. And if you don't fear death, you don't fear anything. If you don't fear dying, then you don't have to be afraid whilst you're living. If you don't fear death, that's why Paul could say, death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? He was mocking death. He was talking death down because death, which is the ultimate enemy of the human mind, had no sway over Paul whatsoever. As a matter of fact, Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is what? Gain. To die is for me to unfold and become a, uh, become a, a, a better version, a closer version to Christ that is within me. For me to die is only for me to increase. For me to die is for me to love and to be loved like I've never experienced before. For me to die is for me to experience life and for to experience in existence. I go from five senses to a thousand senses. For me to die is to increase. <laughs> Who fears a pay rise? Anybody? <laughs> Anyone say, I'm going to pay rise. Oh, I'm afraid of that. You know? <laughs> Who fears a gift? See, for Paul, death was a pay rise. For Paul, death was a gift. And when you have that mindset, when you have that perspective, you can have courage in the day. See, he, Jesus, he passes through the wall into this, into this locked room where these, these 11 disciples uh, are, are cowering in fear of what might happen to them. Um, people die for what they believe in all the time. There's no doubt of that. But these guys had their beliefs. They were locked in this room and they were fearful of what might happen next. Then Jesus comes in and says, hey, you just saw me pass through a wall, didn't you? You just saw me have a feed of fish and chips, didn't you? Don't you know that this is what we're all about to be? And you're afraid of dying? Don't you want this? And you know what happened to these guys? They were so transformed, they changed the world. Because they had a first-hand experience of what life is really about what eternity equals. And when you do, 
man, you haven't got to worry about the fact that this isn't fair and that's not right and this didn't work for me and this isn't going here. All of a sudden now, these guys couldn't have cared less. All of a sudden now, these guys throw off the shackles of fear, run out in the streets of Jerusalem and start declaring that Jesus Christ is Lord, that there's a resurrection from the dead, that there's a spiritual and a bodily resurrection and nothing could keep them quiet. Nothing could hold them back. They tried to suppress their voice. They tried to lock up their voice. They tried to murder the voice, but all they did was the voice got louder and louder and louder and we hear it 2,000 years later, Because of the resurrection of the dead. (laughs) You don't need to fear. Why would fear enter your hearts? Why would you fear death when it's gain? When you're entering into an experience so far beyond that which you are currently enjoying. Because of the resurrection of the body and the spirit. You're going to have a peace that passes all understanding. You're going to have a love that you just can't even get your head around. As I'm saying, you know that relative that that just annoys you? They're going to be so remarkable, you're going to want to stay at their place. (laughs) Can we hang around another few hours? You are just incredible. You're going to have a love and you're going to have a genuine sense that, hey, it's going to be okay. I, 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 I'm going to push through. I'm going to change the world because I fear nothing. Because greater is in me, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Now, just before I close, uh, just a, a word of warning here. Because of this, we don't just look at this world and go, ah, doesn't matter. Because of this, we don't become detached from creation. In fact, we rejoice in creation. We've been told to tend creation. We've been instructed to take mastery over it, to be proactive. We've been told to transform this world. And God gives us the courage and the love and the peace to do it. As long as we keep our mind on what's next. You see? If you keep your mind on what's next, you can have soundness of mind in what's now. Um, If you're here today and uh, you've been struggling, um, you're not sure about where you stand with God. If you knew you guys want to come up and we're going to sing and worship the Lord in just a moment and our our service will close. Um, But uh, can I encourage you today? We can look at what Jesus said, and Jesus said some profound and incredible things. But more importantly than looking at what Jesus said, is look at what he did. When he went into that room that day, he said to the boys, he said, look at my hands and look at my feet. What he was saying was, look at what I have done. Look at what I have done. And rather than arguing over what he said or what he didn't say or what he could have said or what he should have said, I wonder today, if you're in this room and maybe you're not walking with Jesus. I, I don't know everybody in the room, obviously. Maybe your life is not currently experiencing Him as you had expected it to be. I, I want you, if you could this morning, maybe we could just stand together. Maybe we could just close our eyes and bow our heads.
maybe this morning you, you could just lean into what He has done. Lean into what He did for you. And let that break your heart. That He would leave heaven. That He would leave eternity and come into the tyranny of time and space and go through the agony of the death that he had to deal with out of love for you. If you have fear, look to what he's done and consider its implications upon your life. Why we're just here in a moment, just allowing God to wash over us with his truth because that's what this is this morning this is God's truth you won't find this truth outside of the church you won't find this truth out of the kingdom of God this is God's truth this is eternal truth maybe you've been fearing this week maybe you've been worried about circumstances this morning you can have the courage to face any circumstance maybe life for you is Love's been running dry and you're not sure if you can put up with this or take any more of this. You can have a love that passes the comprehension and the expectation of your past. And there's no need to be full of anxiety or jealousy. Just let that peace that you're never going to miss out. You might not have the body or you might not have the, the mind that someone else has got, but you're never going to miss out. One day you're going to surpass everything that, that, that is right now. Right now. If you're in this room this morning and you're not walking with Jesus and you're just stuck in this world, I've got to tell you, it's going to crush you like it crushes everybody else. But Jesus rose from the dead to transform us, to take us beyond just this life into the life eternal. The reason why your heart wants more is because there is more. And it doesn't matter how much of this life you get, you're never going to have enough to stop that want for more because the more lies on the other side. You were created for it. And in deep inside, you know it. That's why you want more. No matter how much of this life you get, it'll never stop it because that's not the more that you want. The more that you want is in Christ Jesus. While the heads are bare and our eyes are closed, we're just in a moment of reflection, just in a moment of allowing the Holy Spirit to come and just bring truth and apply it to people's lives. But if you're in this place this morning, you say, you know, I, I need to know Jesus. I need to surrender my life to Him. I want more. And I've recognized today the more I want is not what this world can offer. If that's you, just raise your hand up and say, yeah, that's me. I want to pray for you. If you're here, if that's you this morning, just give us a wave and we're going to pray for you right where you are. And believe God to come into your life. If that's you in this house this morning, that'd be great. If that's you, just give us a wave. We're going to pray for you this morning. Hallelujah. If not, why don't we just lift our hands, lift our hearts, lift our minds. For just a moment, embrace the eternal reality that's ours in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why don't we sing thanks, guys.